You know, there are cases of thyroid reversals, actually. That actually, initially, I thought, okay, it is maybe a, something fluke, but uh, then I researched and, <laughs> you know, at least, uh, you know, we know the, about metabolic diseases like hypertension, diabetes, PCOS, obesity, but uh, this is something which was unusual, actually, you know, remission of... Welcome back to Circe Health Pod. We're excited to join you again and excited to have with us another special guest. Um, this time we have a co-warrior in the plant-based medicine revolution, yeah. as I guess I've just named it right Yeah, kind of like, yeah, <laughs> give it away. But So I will turn it over to Ajoy to introduce her. So this uh, um, lady has, wears multiple, multiple hats. Again, I was, you know, hard-pressed to kind of condense. I look, I was looking at her LinkedIn profile and I just went on for pages. So I was like, okay, what should I choose out of this to talk about? So I've chosen five things to, to mention to, to our, our listeners and, and viewers, hopefully. Um, first of all, she's a very respected uh, doctor. I've talked to many doctors in and around Mumbai and, and uh, Bangalore. I, I, the only places that I know much about. And, you know, she's well known. She has an MBBS and uniquely, and this is something that, you know, she and I share, which I don't think, I don't know whether she knows that I also have an MBA. So um, that's one thing. The second is that um, uh, she is a diplomat in the International Board of Life Science, uh, Lifestyle Medicine, which is phenomenal because we want people to know about lifestyle medicine. We've talked about uh, it in uh, to our viewers before, listeners before. Um, she is a co-founder of Vibriti uh, Foundation, which is which facilitates better learning in early childhood, which is a very important aspect, and I commend her for that. And most importantly, this is something that we are both passionate about. She regularly mentors medical students and postgrads, medical postgrads, MDs, and all, because she feels passionate about you know the benefits of a healthy eating or lifestyle lifestyle medicine. So, without much further ado, I present to you Dr. Regina Shaheen. Thank you for that wonderful intro. Most Basically, welcome. yeah, I, I just want to clarify a bit there. You know, like um, and uh, um. Basically, I do two levels of mentoring. One is um, with a team of professionals like nutritionists and other people. I do mentor people with respect to their uh, healthy eating habit. And I also, uh, I, you know, right now getting into mentoring medical students right. and PGs and healthcare professionals as part of uh, Pan India's mission, Physician Association for Nutrition India's yes. mission, yes. actually. So, yeah. Thank you. Wonderful. Actually, it's wonderful, actually, that... Uh, uh, people like you are coming with this kind of podcast and, uh, you know, platforms to disseminate this information to the public. Uh, it's beautiful that we are all in the same journey, right? Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, so, um, we, you know, we'll just jump right in because, we, you know, we are hard-pressed for time. So, we'll start shooting questions at you and, you know, and we'll try to make it a, like a chat, but I think some essentials we need to get in there, right? So, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess just kind of starting from the yeah. beginning, if you can talk to us about your medical training and I guess more so your journey as a plant-based physician and how you reached there. Yes, that, that's something which I'd love to share. Basically, I did my medicine, MBBS, you know, we call uh, MBBS in India. So I did that from TD Medical College, which is in Alapi, which is in Kerala. I moved out of uh, Kerala in um, early 2000 because I got married and came to Bangalore. That time, I didn't have much of idea what it's what, what to do. But then I joined a few um, 
hospitals like Manipal and St. Philomena's as a resident medical officer. While I was working there, I really understood that this is not something what I want to do, you know, where you're going to a gastro department as an intern and you see people dying every day in spite of having lots of medication, lots of procedure. So I like really one of the patient, uh, you know, patient's death really kind of devastated me. One of, and then I resigned the job and decided that I want to do something a little different. And I got into, you know, I tried for one year research in actually pure research, which is something about molecular biology. I tried for uh, TAFR and I was in the last round. I didn't get through. Then I decided to go into clinical research. I did a course in clinical research for one year. I got into one of the clinical research CRO. There I was working in uh, something called, uh, you know, lifestyle, chronic lifestyle diseases. Basically, they are anti nutraceuticals and things like that to manage lifestyle diseases, which actually mm. got a lot of interest in me because I always wanted to be working in preventive health than or health optimization than a lot of these um, uh, medication and pharmaceutical agent-based uh, treatment. So then I really kind of uh, dwelled deep into it and I got connected with multiple people across the globe. I remember even speaking with some of these researchers in MD Anderson. I think those kind of things have helped me to kind of get or develop an interest in the field, actually. Then I Mm. worked for some time, uh, got out of the job and uh, then started this company called Investron Health. Um, Investron Health is basically... uh, got out of the company. There is a reason why I got out of the company because uh, my husband, he was in early 30s. He got uh, metabolic diseases. One of the one time when I was pregnant with my my child, my mother-in-law and both of them are traveling and he had to really get admitted in one of the hospitals hereby. And uh, when I went there, he was in a cardiac ICU. The BP was showed up so much. And then we really understood that this is this is something which we need to really work on. And he was already in metabolic, uh, you know, developed metabolic conditions. Explanatory pause here. Let me explain what a metabolic syndrome is. We clinicians sometimes talk about metabolic condition or more accurately metabolic syndrome. The definition of this syndrome is the presence of three out of five criteria, either a large waist time, increased blood pressure, raised blood markers such as fat in the blood, which is a typical type of fat that we look for is called triglyceride, or a reduction in the type of fat in the blood called high density lipoprotein or HDL cholesterol. And finally, an increase in the sugar level. This metabolic syndrome increases a person's risk of diabetes, heart attack and stroke. Let's keep listening. And he had to undergo a surgery, robotic surgery for his kidney stone and many other stuff. But one moment in time, after one or two months, we decided that how long will you go on with these medications? You know, he was on medication for hyperuricemia. Explanatory pause here. What is hyperuricemia? Your kidney normally gets rid of poisons in the body, such as uric acid. When this acid is not eliminated, it remains in the bloodstream and we can look for it in lab tests in your blood, right? Hyperuricemia is an increase in uric acid that is caused usually by eating meat, particularly organ meats. However, it can also be caused by eating seafood, increased alcohol consumption, and at times uh, due to genes. Having a higher body weight also makes one increase uric acid in their blood. This increase can lead to uh, chronic kidney disease and gout. Think of it as a type of painful arthritis. The kidney disease can compound matters if you're already overweight uh, or have uh, diabetes. 
Let's keep listening. Hypertension mm-hmm. and pre-diabetes. You know, pre-diabetes, they didn't put him on mm-hmm. medication, luckily. Wow. So then we decided one day, like he was carrying our daughter and coming up and, um, you know, after one year or so, he decided that, you know, I don't want to be on medication at such a young age. His father also mm-hmm. passed away at 56 and so he had that fear. So he decided that he wants to change his lifestyle. And we started off with uh, um, having a lot of salads. You know, that's that's what we knew about that time. That was in 2011, 12. So we mm-hmm. didn't know much about all this uh, healthy mm-hmm. eating. And so we, we started with a lot of salads, cutting down on meat and oil and things like that. And within uh, eight to eight months to one year, he kind of reversed all his conditions. He was running. Mm-hmm. He was, oh. uh, you know, half marathon, you know, like uh, he has. Nice. Uh, yeah, he was around 110 kgs. He came down to 85 or so, looking handsome, wow. smart. <laughs> Beautiful it was. So it was a great experience. And then, um, you know, like uh, seeing him, there are a lot of friends who came to us, especially for cholesterol management, diabetes management. You know, meanwhile, I was doing those things. And then mm-hmm. we decided, you know, why can't we do something, you know, like with the tech support to kind of help people to make these transformations, actually. That's how IOH, Invest on Health, the company which I run right now started. But the technical division had to stop because of uh, many reasons. You know, uh, you know, it was not, the market itself was not really ready for it. And, but the um, medical division, the clinical part is still working. You know, we have people working uh, in IOH, helping people making these transformations. My vegan journey during this time in 2000, you know, we were already very low on animal products, fat, um, you know, oil, those things from 2011, 12 till 15, 16. Uh, then I started really um, um, getting introduced to lifestyle medicine as a specialty. You know, I was uh, reading a lot about it and things like that. Started attending a few vegan events, watched a lot of these videos, including the climate related ones, one few of yeah. them like forks over knives and, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, then what the health those kind mm-hmm. of videos so some so one of the days as really literally very low on animal products around three and a half years back and my daughter told you know like why I don't want to be she was like 10 years old she, she told me that uh, I, I both of us actually she told me I don't want to be part of this cruelty anymore actually so then <laughs> she decided that I, I just want yeah. to turn vegan so we thought okay it's just for some time you know we also thought we'll support so my husband also all three of us turned vegan that day and uh, you know he was uh, my husband was uh, you know turned vegan for quite short period but we have been continuing on that journey for uh, like now three and a half years actually and uh, it is basically the decision is initially based on something about ethicality you know we don't want to be Mm -hmm. part of that uh, culture of cruelty and things like that but later a lot of it came to environment health and now, actually, like uh, we also encourage people to turn off a lot of animal products. That's how the that's, whole journey happened. That's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So, uh, you know, you already talked about your husband's journey and and what really drove you. And of course, your daughter saying, "Oh, I you know I want to be bigger." Um, I and I and you and one of the things I apologize. I you know I mentioned all these things, but I, the main thing that that you're running the invest on health. I did not mention. I'm glad you kind of brought that up. So. Um, uh, can you talk to us about some of uh, you know let our listeners understand what some of your patient uh, stories or outcomes were like when they came in to you know when when um, when they were fixed if you will 
um, that would be phenomenal for, for our listeners to understand, you know, what, what goes on. It's not just us talking about it, but other doctors like you. Basically, when they come, you know, like um, as usual, uh, because of the lifestyle, the lifestyle or dietary excess diseases, when they come, they're already in a desperate state. First of all, obesity, on top of all these diseases, then work is getting affected, multiple infections because of those and hospitalizations. So um, they're already in a state to listen to you. But at the same time, there are a lot of sentiments associated with this eating habit. If you like somebody who's mm-hmm. a meat eater, you know, and you're uh, asking them to completely cut off meat, so that will not happen in the uh, first phase. So we educate yeah. them right. regarding, you know, how uh, meat or dairy product is affecting their health, actually, including saturated fat and the dairy-related hormones and things like that. Over a period of time, because because there is an yeah, indication, right, for them, they need to get their health better. There was a client mm-hmm. from Middle East. I still remember him. He was not ready to cut down on meat at all, okay? Because he mm. was, um, you know, when we asked him how much meat are you taking from the family, we understood that they are taking two and a half kg of meat for three people for a week. And what? majority of that is, yes, majority of that is consumed by him. And his kidney wow. was failing, okay? And young guy, and he was not ready to um, make that shift. So here, I'll, I'll give you the thing, because he went back to his... Um, um, you know, he he uh, he was with us. He, he was ready to make some changes for a few months. You know, he cut down completely on meat and dairy, and uh, his uh, creatinine level from two three point seven it came down to two or something. Explanatory pause here. What is creatinine now? Creatinine is a compound produced when our bodies break down muscles or other proteins. It's a waste product, really, um, that is eliminated from the body usually by the kidneys. If the kidneys are doing a good job, the creatinine levels in the body are low. If they start to increase, it indicates a poorly functioning kidney. Normal human beings have a kidney, oh sorry, have a creatinine level of 0.7 to 1.3 milligrams per deciliter. That's per 100 ml. Um, Slightly lower values for women, of course, because of their muscle mass. But that's too much detail here. So obviously, let's go back. Uh, so obviously, as kidney disease progresses, the level of creatinine in the blood rises. Suffice to say that a normal human being should have numbers below 1.3, right? Which tells us that their kidneys are functioning well. Let's keep listening. So he kind of mm. real, yeah, real uh, kind of, you know, that is a kind of aha moment. So he decided to continue on that. He went back to his uh, uh, nephrologist, the best part was the nephrologist also asked him to go on a, a play a plant-based diet actually you know uh-huh. more of plants that is something which is amazing so it, yeah. it actually yeah that happens only once a while it doesn't happen <laughs> yes. All the time. yes we know we know yes <laughs> And, uh, you know, there are a few other cases like, um, you know, somebody who, um, uh, you know, like who was actually this person was not on high on animal meat, but he, she, um, the person was uh, high on um, dairy products. Actually, she was mm-hmm. eating five, six dairy uh, servings a day. OK. And wow. on top of it, she was also having a lot of refined um, carbohydrate and mm. also a lot of uh, packaged juices actually and uh, her uh, mm. when she came to me it was um, the hpa once she was around 13.7 and four mm. months she brought it down to 5.2 explanatory pause here hba1c or hemoglobin a1c used to be called glycosylated hemoglobin which is a compound that is formed in our blood when too many sugar molecules or more accurately glucose molecules are floating around in our body 
they land up combining with our oxygen carrying molecule called hemoglobin and form hemoglobin A1c. We clinicians use this as a marker to identify the progression of diabetes because this number goes up and down very slowly. Um, apparently, it takes about three months for the number to change significantly. Normal numbers really should be below 5.7%. If they are between 5.7% and 6.4%, then we call it, call, say that the person is pre-diabetic, which means they do not, you know, they do not get it, if they do not get it under control soon, they will become diabetic. We consider it a good warning sign because then we can intervene and turn the numbers around. Of course, if they are over 6.7%, that does not mean that, you know, we, of course, we say that the person has diabetes, but, you know, it's not the end of the world. Uh, we can still help reverse it, right? Let's keep listening. Wow. 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 Yeah. <laughs> there is another client who is from Ghana. It's not a lot of foreign clients also there because we have the platform mm. which can serve this. So uh, the person, you know, again came to me with um, weight loss, weight loss as an indication, but he never was initially was not ready to talk a lot about his health. But in due course of time, he uh, kind of uh, shared all the information, everything, you know. Then actually he started journey. He started the journey in one year. He went back to his cardiologist after losing around 17 kgs. His cardiologist is in Dubai or somewhere. And he said that his cardiac function improved, actually. He never expected wow. that to happen. Yeah. So uh -huh. there are a lot of stories like this, actually. It's not yeah. um, one, you know, lots, lots. You know, there are cases of thyroid reversals, actually. That yeah. actually initially I thought, okay, this may be a, something fluke. But uh, then yeah. I yeah, researched yeah. and <laughs> you know yeah. at least uh, you know we know that about metabolic diseases like hypertension diabetes pcos obesity but uh, this is something which was unusual actually you know remission mm -hmm. of uh, rheumatoid arthritis for one year two years yeah. you know these yeah. are kind yeah. of yes. things which yeah. we see normally in our clinic yeah yeah you typically you you and it's a nice pleasant surprise it has happened to us also we don't want to you know talk about our cases but you want to concentrate on yours but it's happened where we are surprised. We're like, whoa, we did not think that yeah, that would happen. And, you know, you look through the literature and still you don't find that many cases. I'm, but still, I'm happy. You know, I'm happy that the patient is, you know, holding a glass without a problem and stuff like that. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry. Um, did you have a question for us? Um, yeah, I guess in your, when dealing with your patients, when, uh, you know, what has been the most difficult aspect for you um, I guess in terms of them, I don't want to say pushing back, but we've noticed uh, a couple like sticking points with patients where they're reluctant to do certain things. Have you noticed anything in your practice that has been like more difficult kind of humps to get over with the patients to get them to uh, where they need to be? Yes, always. Uh, every, I mean, there is only those 30% of the people who are ready to make the transformation and right. stick on with yeah. it. And that 70% always have problems. You know, one of the major problems which we face is basically related to women, women, especially in their, you know, menopausal age group, you know, at least uh, above 40 years. A lot of them comes with a lot of, already they're having health problems. Look-wise also, they have a lot of uh, uh um, not so confident about their looks, you know, like uh, body shaming happening at some level. So they're yeah. already in a depressive state. So actually when they, these kind of people comes at least to that, I, I, I should say that 30 or 40% of our 
uh, women folks are in this group not always housewives working women are doing something impactful still they have that insecurity related to their looks and their health and things like that so when they these uh, kind of people come you know there is a lot of challenges we face because they a lot of it is associated with uh, emotional eating you know a lot of it is associated with the kind of peer pressure and many of those yeah. things so what we do these people is actually we also have somebody a psychotherapist a psychologist supporting them uh, we do mm-hmm. a lot of meditation you know there is a meditation yoga person who give them this kind of mm. mindful meditation which also helps them to control these emotional behaviors so this right. still this behavioral adaptation behavioral change takes a longer time also it is like a wavy pattern unlike like a straight up for these kind of right. people actually so this is something which i feel as the most challenging in my practice at least actually but uh, with the behavioral adaptation once they change they see the result um, you know but there's no going back but it takes a lot of effort than a regular person yeah that's that's true i think we even as doctors we forget how important the um, behavioral emotional component is especially with a lifestyle change so that's That's amazing that you have the the psychotherapy and you know kind of the um yoga meditation. I think that's huge. Um and important to know that it's not just medicine and food, you know, just uh, other obviously that's why it's lifestyle medicine. So um No, no, I was going to it's not a question, it's more like a statement. I, I'm sure you're finding it um uh, empowering a little bit when people see you and and you basically say I am doing exactly what I am telling you to do and look at my health and look at the health transformations that I've had in my personal life or my family and so on and so forth so um get yeah. I, that I keep actually um uh, you know to be impactful I keep talking that uh, everywhere basically i used to post a lot of these social media stuff you know like <laughs> you know how we transform how yeah. we look yeah. and things like that. but you know one moment in time i realized that uh, that also creates a lot of nuisance you know unwanted attention which sometimes is not required when you're doing something impactful or you need to have a system to manage those unwanted attention yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, yesterday when i went to the medical college to meet bmcri uh, bangalore medical college to meet the younger crowd you know i was talking you know i am in my 40s you know do you mm-hmm. think i'm in my 40s they all thought okay uh, you know my 30 early 30 and yeah, all like yeah. yeah. so you know that is something which we all sell right you know this yeah, is a, yeah. uh, after effect of our lifestyle so we all sell that actually Yeah, yeah that is something which is even my husband's case when he was at the top of his health right now he is not is again mm. coming back you know like sometimes mm. some people get into a relapse actually my husband's case he had to travel a lot to kerala so he was away from home uh, during some mm. project and all so there was a relapse uh lapse lapse and there, there was a relapse actually now he, again he is getting back so um when he was at the top of his health you know there were a lot of people seeing him because he was such an obese person and suddenly he has become so slim and healthy yeah. you know like yeah. a lot of people came to me asking for support and help and things like that so at this point we should end this part, uh, this part and we'll continue on in the next part But in the meanwhile our listeners can uh, go to our website in case you are just so excited for the next one that you can barely contain yourselves and you miss the sound of our voices <laughs> they'll always be there for you on sirsihealth.com/podcast. Do we mention that? <laughs>